Bob. He's a four-time tire rotation champion. When he was a baby, his first words were automatic transmission fluid. Bob's so cool, he has engine coolant running through his veins. And then there's Kyle, also known as premium unleaded. Legend has it that Kyle can change your oil with his toes and that he can tell your tire's air pressure just by how you're walking. He's Bob, he's Kyle, and every Saturday morning they morph together to form the greatest superhero known to man, Mr. Mechanic. Check engine lights don't stand a chance. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB. Okay, good Saturday morning to you. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in and... Uh, so you can call in early so we can get to your calls. Uh, call in early because they, they fill up in the last half of the show and we want to be able to get to your call and answer your questions. So We are Buchanan Service Centers, 50th and Dodge, 80th and Dodge, and guaranteed breaks at 49th Avenue and Dodge. So as we said, we're on Dodge. We can fix Good. your car. I'm Bob. Kyle's sitting next to me every week uh, answering questions. You know, Between the two of us, we've got a lot of experience and be able to to help you and let you know what's going on. So, you know, fix it's about a couple things here and there. Fix a couple things here. Yeah, absolutely. It's about time to start getting that stuff out of the garage, isn't it? People are getting antsy. My wife's been saying that for years. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> In your case, you got maybe more projects than a normal guy does. And every mechanic does. Yeah. He either doesn't have any projects uh, car wise or he's got too many. And usually, because, you know, we want to fix everything. And we, we can't just drive one car, can we? No. There's seven days a week, and, I mean, you come home, you, you got a truck to go to the grocery store, you got a car to go to get McDonald's, you know. Yeah. You yeah. have a car for everything. Yeah. You know, I've tapered down over the years. I think I'm down to uh, three. Jeez. Four. I had seven. <laughs> I can't drive them all. God, you're back to rookie numbers. you got to get those numbers back up. I know it. I know it. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm, you know, I just I had to taper back down to three and... Yeah. No, I think I found something else, and you know, I'll always find something else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as long as I just keep the garage space down, I got to always have them garage. So if, if I don't have enough space, I got to keep them down to a certain amount. So well, that's just part of how that works. Or pave the yard. Uh, pave the yard. Yeah. Well, don't get me started there. That's a whole different section there. I, I I got plenty. I got more concrete than I think I got grass, but that's that's okay. You know, I seen an article the other day, Kyle. They're trying. I don't know why they're trying to do this. It, Maybe it's all the self-driving cars out there. Yeah, and so they are. They they hooked up uh, electrodes and uh, to goldfish and, and inside the water a little bit, and they're getting them to be able to navigate and 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 steer through a course. I, I don't know why. I guess you got to start off. Aren't with the video basic. games enough? Aren't video? <laughs> why why would we want to hook up mice to do that? Yeah, I I don't it's, just leave uh, the animals alone. Some sort of yeah, it's some sort of Israeli researchers are hooking up gold mice and training them to you know see if they can maneuver a little tiny thing around and blah 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 blah. It's like what are they going for here? Are we gonna I don't not know. have boats here soon and just have like an electric whale <laughs> we all ride on? Hey, that's that's a good idea. Yeah, huh? why not hop on the back and just like, like swimming with the dolphins a little bit? You just take you to wherever. I don't know. I just thought it was yeah. an interesting story of, of why. You know, you ever read one of those articles that say why? Yeah. That was one of those Pretty articles. Much every day. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We got uh, Bob with an 04 Silverado. Bob, what's going on today? Hey, am I your first call? You are. 
I better make it good, huh? Uh, yeah. No, you doesn't <laughs> yeah. matter. Okay. I've got an 04 Silverado 2500, uh, 6.0 engine. It's got about 310,000 miles on it. It's still running pretty good. Mm-hmm. But I'm running into the reduced engine power mode. Okay. I replaced the air mass or mass air sensor about a year ago, and it seemed to take care of it. Uh, it it's very sporadic. I've had it happen to me twice this last month, and don't know what the problem is. That's why I'm calling you. Oh, okay. Well, well good call. Get your pen and paper ready. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> is that Kyle? Is that still? Uh, and throttle. That should be drive-by-wire. That should be drive-by-wire. That's kind of what if I thought. If it's got that particular light. I figure it's kind of an old one that they kind of started with that. So have you done anything with a, with a throttle body? Is that kind of what you're... Yeah. Have you done anything with that yeah. at all? Have you replaced that? Uh, yeah, just replaced it at the, um, at the throttle body. Okay, okay. Uh, but have you replaced the throttle body itself? You replaced the mass airflow sensor upstream a little bit, right. uh, closer to the air filter, correct? Correct. Yeah, okay, all right. No, have you ever replaced that electronic throttle body itself? Have not. Okay, all right. Typically, that's probably the first place that we're going to look. Um, that particular throttle body has three different sensors in it, and they all got to triangulate certain specific numbers. And when they don't, the well, – what do I want to say, Kyle? The, the default is kind of going to zero. Yeah, it goes to limp mode, and yep. you've only got 5% throttle. Yep, yep. So, so – Look at that. Take a really good look at the ground going to that. I've seen some issues with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Does the car sit very much at all? You drive it. It sounds like you drive it all the time. We drive it, we drive it fairly often. We don't put it, you know, it's the gas guzzler in the family. So the, the goal is whoever drives the longest has to drive the car. Ah, gotcha. So it, it, I would say it gets probably, yeah, 100 miles. Yeah. Well, I agree with the week. I agree completely with Kyle. There's some uh, there's some grounds on the back of the block. Make sure you check those. Uh, a couple of them, one to the hood, one to the, one to the back of the block. Those can break and cause electrical issues um, and okay. cause the things that you're kind of having intermittence. But by by and large, uh, throttle bodies are probably the biggest thing that have an issue with it. Every Chevy truck gets one. Yeah. yeah. We'll do that first, and then uh, well, we'll check the ground. Obviously, if that's a quick fix, that's fine. But. Yeah. And and there's several different brands out there. Um, We kind of generally lean towards an AC Delco on this. I mean, it it, it needs to be new. No rebuilds. Yeah, don't go with a bargain box one. No, do do not find the cheapest one out there and put it on. Uh, Find something that's new (laughs) and and find something that's, you know, more AC Delco. Got it. Excellent. All right. Appreciate the call. Any any, Any more problems? Give us a call. You got it. Thank you. Bye. You bet. Bye-bye. All right. We're going to head over to Donald with a Chevy Volt. Donald, what's going on today? Oh, uh, yes. Well, the sunshine. I have yeah. a Chevy. I have a Chevy Volt, all electric. I've had it for a couple of years, and I have a meter in the garage where I plug it in so I know how much juice it, electricity it uses for, every, for driving it. And... Uh, my cheapest month, they use two and a quarter cents a mile to drive it, the amount of electricity. Mm-hmm. And then when you in the wintertime, when you're for future comfort, you keep it warm inside the car 
Well, then it's all the way up to four, four, a little over four cents a mile to drive it. But then with it, the one of zero outside the, the gearbox, the oil in the gearbox is pretty stiff, and so it takes more energy to drive it that way. Right. Right. And uh, the you do pay a road tax when you when you uh, register the vehicle. There's a tax on there for non-conventional fuel, and there's a tax on that. So you are paying for the roads. Oh, okay. How much is that normally? How much was that? Uh, about seventy seventy some dollars, but that. Okay. That's a flat rate, so depending how much you drive it, you might be paying a whole lot per mile, or you might be not be paying very much. Right. We're going to have to figure that out, aren't we? I mean, it's um, with the gas tax being the way it is, and everybody pays, and if we go electricity, who's going to pay for the roads? Uh, we, that's got to be something that's going well, to have to be figured out in the, the $70. That's, I mean, I think on a normal car, gas-powered car, I think I paid 50 or 55 so it's somewhat close. I would expect that number to be much, much higher uh, on an electric car, but I was surprised it was down that low. But, yeah, that's something we're going to have to figure out, um, you well, know, because if, if electric cars are on the road like the gas cars, then they're not paying as much as we are, obviously, if when we when we well, buy gas. Yeah. A while back when a lot of the pickups were running on LP gas, they had to pay to flat tax for their LP gas too because mm-hmm. they weren't paying regular road tax. Right. That was pretty that was pretty cheap at that time too as far as the road tax is concerned, but the officials in the what do you call it, the elite that decide how much taxes we have to pay, they all should be smart enough to figure out how much it should be. Well I'm on the average for everybody. I'm here to tell you that um, it's probably going to be a lot. Uh, knowing how uh, how much gasoline tax there is and how much that goes on, uh, it's uh, how much it is per this, that, and the other. Um, there's there's a big shortage that's going to come up. <laughs> there's a shortage on everything. Well, there's going to be. A, it, we're going to have to figure that out, and uh, it's going to have to be figured out because uh, we already got problems around town now as it is. I can't imagine if we all start turning electric, just kind of what problems we're going to have. I, I know we're. Seems like we're coming into a lot of pothole seasons right now. I know it's I'm, I'm a little early. It is, but I noticed yeah. I'm dodging and driving and having to watch the road a lot more than I was even a month ago. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, Donald, that's that's interesting information. I, I appreciate the call. That's uh, you know we, you don't know until you get kind of a real world take on it and uh, how many cents per mile it is. And uh, yeah, it's very interesting information. I appreciate the call. That's great. They're great for commuting back and forth to work, but as far as a long trip concerned, I guess you're going to have to stick with gas for a while. Yeah, gas or gas hybrid. I think I think I like the gas hybrids. It just seems like that's a little more of jump in and go to Kansas City for the weekend and don't have to worry about it kind of thing. So, all right, Don, we're going to take a quick break. Appreciate the call. Five five eight eleven ten is the numbers to get in, so we can uh, talk about your car, and we'll be back in a minute. This goes out to my mechanic, Steve. I've got you under my engine. I've got you fixing my car again. So deep in my car that you're really a part of it. 
I've got you under my engine I tried to fix it myself I would say to my wife back off I know what I'm doing here but now I can't take any more of that nagging in my ears it won't stop so now I've got you under my engine I sacrificed everything in our savings for the sake of doing it myself in spite of that nagging voice that would come from my wife telling me to go to hell don't you know mechanic you always win it's an actuality Yes, sir, you have the finality. So each time I pop the hood, I think of you and I stop just before I begin. Cause I've got you. Yes, I've got you. Ah, for a hefty price under my engine. Actually, it's not too bad. Yeah. All right, we are back in the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. We are Buchanan Service Centers, 80th and Dodge, 50th and Dodge, and guaranteed breaks, 49th Avenue and Dodge, where we do breaks right the first time. So uh, stop in, see us, see if we can help you with your car. We're going to head over to Cindy. Cindy's got a 2015 Jeep Wrangler. Cindy, what's going on today? Um, well, uh, I got a couple things. One, um... When I fill it up with gas, it always I I have a hard time doing it. It'll get to a point, and then I can't hardly even fill it up. It always just shuts off, and I usually just take it in. And they, um, I don't know what he does, and he just I think he flushes out the filter or something like that. Um, is there something that I mean? Can I do that? Is it hard to do? If I don't have to take it in all the time, or so, so do you do you drive a, flushing things out? So you do do you drive a lot of dirt roads? Yes, I'm a mail carrier. Got so it. It's okay, all dirt. Okay, all right. So I'm I'm understanding why that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. So, um, what can you do on your own? I guess basically what happens here is is that when you if you use the fuel, all the air in the tank's got to be expelled. Back in the old days, it just used to come right up a vent tube and out the door, and, uh, you know, you could just fill easily. Now it's got to go through a purge canister valve. It's got to go through a, um, vent, yeah, a vent valve. Mean. The vent valve opens in order for it to be able to fill and go through the canister and blah, 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 blah. And that's just the way it has to work to go through the mission controls. Is there a way for you to do it? Um, yeah. Easily, it's kind it's, of a tough one. Yeah, it's, it's going to be tough to kind of de- – to tell you over the radio how to do that but um go in and flush it and maybe have him look at it and, and kind of you know have him explain it to you a little bit then yeah it's probably inside that fender back there in the left rear and you could go in there and probably pull the hose off and you've got a vent in there and and all that gets just corroded up and you could blow some air through there and, and that help out uh, i'm sure that's one way to do it um you know really haven't had to add anything extra, but you could probably add something else on there that might be a filter that you could just pull off yourself so that it just doesn't get 
on in there. I really haven't done that for any particular. Being a Jeep Wrangler, there's an add-on filter kit for that because it's an off-road package. It is a deal. I would imagine so. It's and that, that's a, that's a great idea, Kyle. Yeah. That look around and see if there's somebody that people are driving these things in the water and everything else. There's something out there for this. Yeah, yeah. You might do a little bit of internet and maybe call some people and ask them, tell them what your situation on the, in the Jeep Club, and they might be able to direct you to somebody. It's something that's already made, and you don't have to worry about it. Okay, so, so an, an add-on kit that you add on? Yeah, yeah, you might check, you know, there's some four-wheel drive places in town. You might be able to check them and ask them and ask that particular question. Otherwise, it's usually in behind that inner fender, and there's a tube that, that comes up there, and it's just a fresh air vent, and that that's more than likely where yeah, it's getting plugged. Roads, I mean, yeah, you if, get a bunch of dirt down there, that, right. that vent's going to stick shut. Right, and we've done this before on, uh, I guess we've cleaned things out before on other ones that were more like a Jeep Liberty and maybe a Grand Cherokee we've done it too. Not so much on a Wrangler. I haven't done it on a Wrangler, but the concept's the same. And if that's all he's doing to alleviate your problem to make it work again, um, i just have him show it, show you to it, how to do it, and you can do it by yourself little compressed okay. air or a little rag or something like that, and, and uh, that should be able to blow through it. Okay. All I, right. I'm sure he's willing. Um, what? I'm sure he's willing to show that to you, you know, just so you don't have to bring it in all the time, and you can right. get the mail delivered. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then my, my um, back um, light. It, uh, I thought it, I thought it was, you know, the bulb goes out and it kind of clicks faster. So we replaced the bulb and then it was working fine. And then all of a sudden it quit again. And my son, you know, went to look at it and the whole light isn't working. Is there, is that probably like a fuse thing or just wiring or could it be both? Could oh, be, um, could be both. So you put another light in, you're breaking up there a little bit. You put another light in and, and it didn't seem to work. No, the whole, well, yeah, no, the whole, it just all of a sudden stopped working again. Okay. And we right. just replaced the bulb. Right. And they said, you know, he, he said the whole back light isn't working. It isn't just the blinker, which, I mean, I think it would be one and the same, but. I'm going to, um, I'm going to say, and your other side seems to be fine? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say you probably got more of a fixture problem or yeah. a wiring problem there. Pull the whole housing off because they get really rusty behind there. The yes. back of it's just kind of a simple circuit board that's yep. mostly steel, and the moisture gets in there, and we've seen them just Corro just too rusty to conduct electricity. Yeah, corrode away. The 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 uh, connections from the light to the body are all are all rusted to the point where they don't make a good ground, and that's kind of where your issue is. So, yeah, I, I agree completely with Kyle. To pull that whole tail light off of there, check your wiring, check the Pull the connectors apart. Make sure there isn't something in there that's burnt. And, uh, yeah, you, I'm sure you'll find your problem when you do that. Okay. All, All right. right. Well, thank you very much. You bet. Any any other issues, give us a call. Appreciate the call. All right. We're going to take a quick break on Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the number to get in and uh, give us a call. All right, we are back in the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. I'm Bob. This is Kyle sitting next to me, and we're uh, answering questions uh, that you might have about your car. So uh, we're going to head over to Mark, 2015 Jeep Patriot. Mark, what's going on? Yeah, I'm getting ready to replace the front 
uh, front wheel bearing in there, and it's a pressed-in bearing. And I'm just wondering if you guys got any, like, tips to help uh, free those things up a little bit. I've done some hub assemblies before, but I've never done a pressed-in one. So I have the... Do you have a press? Cup and screw. Uh, not necessarily press. I got the tool. It's like a metal cup and a one-inch thick screw that's oh, supposed to pull it up. Yeah. That's yeah, a, yeah. I've owned that tool and got rid of that tool, but, um, yeah, they, <laughs> they are a very cumbersome thing to use, that's, and it seems like as soon as you get it where you want it and the cup falls out, and oh, man. So that's you're, yeah. you're, you're saying that's going to be tough to do? Well, yeah, well, I mean, they're, they're tough, but, I mean, to get it freed up, I mean, you just kind of spray it with Zep, and I always just hit them with an impact as hard as I can. Yeah, you got to make sure you get some penetrating fluid, make sure you get some good yeah, stuff. Yep. And uh, with this, the climate that we have around here where we put so much salt down in the road, it just rusts everything together. And with, yep. the, with the tool you're using, don't be surprised if it's a little tough to, uh, to get it apart. There, there's better... Yeah. There's, yeah, you, there's better tools to use. I mean, we, you know, a lot of times certain ones we got certain newer ones out now. You can use a kind of hook it into your ball joint press, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, ball joint press we have is a kind of a big C clamp, and you can use a impact to it and kind of pulls it in and out, and it's it's much more efficient, quicker, and faster. They've kind of upgraded these tools over a period of time, but uh, the biggest thing with yeah, that is yeah, I've done some hubs before, and yeah, those work kind of tied just sit there and beat on it for a while with a hammer but i got it out yeah. but with a pressed in bearing i just i've never done one before so i figured it's going to be pretty getting tough. it out is going to be tough you know and it's going to fall apart and come out in pieces yep. um, mm -hmm. but um the biggest problem i had with that tool is you know finding the adapters and getting it to go back in the hubs or in the spindle straight Okay. And that was something you really have to pay attention to and look at it, look at it again. And if you're not sure, look at it a third time. Because, I mean, I've yeah, kind of going in sideways. And yeah. Then you've, you're going back to the parts store. To get another bearing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, just be really sure when you put it back together, use a lot of penetrating oil and make sure you've got it lined up straight. Yeah, and it's such old technology. I don't even know why we use that anymore. And, I, I don't yeah. know why car manufacturers do that. Everything turns into a hub assembly. It's quick and easy and and fast and to do. Screws yeah. Out. yeah, we we do and we we do the the regular hubs too. It's just that having the right tools sometimes is is the way to do it. So, well, yeah. Hey, should, should I put like anti seize like inside the steering knuckle when I go to press the new one in? What do you guys think about that? I or? wouldn't because yeah. it presses in there so tight. It's just gonna scrape it all off. Oh, okay. I don't yeah. think you'll really be. You'll make yourself feel better. Yeah. <laughs> Your hands will be really nice and silver. Yeah. Yeah, and you won't be able to touch everything you touch will be silver. So, uh, you know, maybe clean okay. clean that bore out a little bit. Take you some know. sandpaper. And... Yep. And clean the, yep. you know, the inside edge obviously would be a clean, but uh, the the, yep. the inside and outside edges will be, will be rough. So if you got a little Dremel tool, you could uh, kind of clean that up. That would probably uh, facilitate going back in easier than, Okay. Gooing it all up, and and uh, your wife's mad at you because it's all over the walls in the house. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yep, I hear you there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, wish me luck. Yeah, Here good I luck, go. and if you got any problems, uh, give us a call. We're, we're more than happy to 
hook it on a All truck right. and haul it in and do it. So uh, whatever right. whatever works out for you. All right. Thank you, guys. You, you bet. bet. Yeah, you know, the <laughs> even even the, the regular hub bearings, with all the salt that's down on the road, and you hear me say this all the time. I mean, things you, get stuck, stuck, <laughs> stuck. And you know, we we blow uh, pull the blue wrench to torch out and uh, penetrating oil, and then you get. Uh, I had just did one the other day. We had to get a five pound sledge out, and that wasn't enough, so we had to get a ten pound sledge out. It's yeah. amazing what happens when you get a ten pound sledge out. Next thing you're walking up the street to the construction guy and you got a jackhammer. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, well, you, we got it. You got it, <laughs> and then you got to take it all off. I mean, the last couple we've taken completely off the carb. You know, took the brake line off, got it off onto the bench so that you could get it out. Some of those you just can't. Uh, are tough it makes to do. For a long day. It does, you know, and not only that, but we've had. Uh, it wouldn't be the first knuckle we've had somebody drag in too. Oh yeah, uh, they, they, Saturns. They they couldn't get it out, so they all of a sudden took the knuckle off, took the boil joint out, took the shock off, and then uh, they come walking in with it in their hand and yeah. say, "Can you do this? Because <laughs> I can't get it." And we do, we do. Usually, got to leave it for a little bit first to get it handled, but we'll, we'll press it in and out too. So seems like every Saturn front hub that I do is just stuck in there so hard. Yeah, slide hammer won't get it. Oh, pound hammer won't get it. And rears on a Subaru. Yeah. Rears on a Subaru product are just horrible. I, I, I don't know why the, the press fit is super tight. And now that you're using a lot of aluminum arms, you got to be a little bit careful with that. And you can't. I broke one. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. And you can't heat aluminum up very well because it, the, the aluminum dissipates heat so quickly. Yeah, you're you, not going to get anywhere. You won't get anywhere on, on, the, on a steel uh, knuckle, and, and the knuckle is what the, the bearing goes into. Um, yeah, those will stay red for a while. Yeah, those will stay red for a while, so you can expand it and at least uh, help yourself out a little bit, but the aluminum doesn't. Don't heat them too much, or you get some kind of art project. They start to move. Yeah, them. well, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> and you yeah. hit them with a hammer, and you're like, why is the alignment out? <laughs> well... <laughs> It's got to come out one way or another. I, I think our theory is if it's stuck, it's stuck. And either we've got to replace it. So either A, it's coming out, or yeah. B, it's getting replaced. Yeah. I, one way or the other. And, and sometimes there's... a cell in the car, we get it done. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes there's casualties. Other parts have, you know, you get casualties in those parts. Sometimes a knuckle goes bad. Sometimes a spindle goes bad. But, you know, at one point or another, you got to get it, got to get it out. You know, Kyle, I was looking through the through the uh, just doing some prep for the show, and I noticed that uh, a couple of things I thought was interesting. We're not the only place in the world that has pothole problems. I, I seen the other day that, or today, on uh, that Rod Stewart, you know, the famous singer. Yeah, yeah. he's out filling potholes. He was on South Park. Yeah, well, it, yeah, <laughs> he's filling That's his own potholes. He he, his his red Ferrari is getting beat up by all the potholes over in England. You know, going up his road, so. He's filling his old potholes. I, I don't, and they're wow. not—they're not happy with him about it. But they're not coming out to fix them either. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why they would care. Maybe yeah. he's not doing it right. I mean, if maybe he's sending them a bill or that they don't <laughs> like. I mean, what part of this don't they like? I don't know. I mean, if he's going out there on his own free will and doing it, it's like, hey, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a place in town here. The community here. I think there was a place in town here. A guy had spent—I uh, don't know how many thousands of dollars over the years filling potholes right out front of his because it never would get filled and and uh i think i think he's still doing it well <laughs> i can't get him to come 
And the other thing I seen that was kind of interesting. This was had to do with a little bit of the 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 Ukraine war. Was uh, somebody took the uh, had a six series BMW, which is a very upscale BMW. Yeah. You know, here in the United States, it's a really really nice car. Over there, they're probably all over the place. Yeah, because that's, that's their Hyundai Elantra. Yeah, kinda <laughs> a little bit. So they took out the trunk and had a spare or a convertible and made it into uh, put a. A kind of a a gun on the back of it. Put a turret in the back of it, and now they got a machine gun out the back, so that they could use it to. Uh, there's an option. There's an option. It's first. It's the, it's the first six series BMW I seen with a machine gun sitting out of the back. Of it. But someone had to do it. You got to do what you got to do when you're uh, doing what's going on over there. So, but that certainly the first one, probably the last one. I'll see. You see a lot of interesting things like that. As we've talked in the past. The one thing that you see over in the Middle East with, uh, you know, something, a gun sticking out of it is always some sort of Nissan or Toyota pickup. They seem to last yeah, forever yeah. over there. And, and a, uh, what's the other one? The Toyota Land Cruiser. Yeah, Land Cruisers. Land Cruisers are just indestructible. They're great cars. Yeah, it's the ultimate safari vehicle. They are. Yeah. I mean, they can survive an elephant sitting on it. I mean, yeah. still running. Speaking that. of that, I get to work on one of those this afternoon. Oh, How there you that? go. <laughs> All right, 558-1110 is the number to get in so we can talk about your car before the the, uh, weekend's over. And we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in a minute. Nebraska's news, weather, and traffic station is available everywhere with our iHeartRadio app, number one for podcasting. News Radio 1110, KFAB, and iHeartRadio station. All right, we are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the uh, numbers to get in. We can answer your question for you. Buchanan Service Centers. We are Buchanan Service Centers. 50th and Dodge, 80th and Dodge, and Guaranteed Brakes, 49th Avenue and Dodge, where we do our most of our brakes at. So been around for 40 years, and we're going to be around here another 40 years. So we're here to help you fix your car. Uh, you know, like I said, we, we talked to the early part of the show. There's, um, I, as I was driving around, you know, the last couple of days, I, especially you'll see it this weekend, you'll see some garage doors open. Yeah. And it's amazing how many people have project cars or cars stored away in the garage, and they just, you know, you just don't see them very often. No. And now it's time to get out and, and, and uh, get it's those back. It's almost car show season. Yeah, it's almost car show season. We had the big first swap meet of the year down in Lincoln, so everybody's, you know, getting everything their stuff so they can get that done and I'm sure most of your batteries are dead, so that, that's probably something you're going to want to go out and check and oh, yeah. maybe throw the battery charger on it so you can get around. And get cobwebs uh, out of it. It's time to get out. You know, I we looked the other day on, on one of the cars and seeing how long it was before we changed the oil and kind of went through the pandemic and maybe didn't drive it that much. And it, last time we changed the oil on one of them was two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to get it out and you got to drive it. So we're, we're, in, we're in the process of getting the oil changed on that and, you know, what we kind of recommend you maybe do it, you know, once a year. And, you know, now if you, if you filled, if you listen to us and, and uh, you stored that vehicle, we use, I usually fill mine with, with premium and uh, store it that way so you don't have to, you know, worry about the condensation in the tank. You got to get that fuel out so it's time to go out. Depending on how old a car you got, you know, a tank of gas in an old car, 40-year-old car doesn't take much because they're very inefficient. You know, yeah. not, like, not like the cars today that could take you months to get it out of there. You, good weekend driving around. Yeah, 
It depends. Well, you can see the needle go down in the old cars. Yeah. The new cars don't. You can't I see. I still the get needle. twenty-five miles to the gallon in my Falcon. Oh well, that's there's nothing there. Yeah. And it's got a, it's got three uh, what three squirrels underneath the hood, so you don't really have to do too much with that, is it? They're gophers. The gophers. <laughs> okay. Horsepower. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's not. Never seen a gopher. <laughs> <laughs> squirrels seem to be more active. The gophers seem to be lazy. But yeah, there's not much there to that car. So. You know, change the oil, top off that battery, you know, check all your fluids, change the oil if need be. I mean, it it can get away from you. I mean, once it sits in the garage, you just don't do much. And uh, obviously, we're going to air up the tires. But, you know, the other thing to, to look at is just how old those tires are, you know, especially in your classic car. Eight to ten years is about where you replace them. Yeah. Um, you should look at all the rubber at that time. Yeah. Fuel hoses, brake lines. Everything. Yep. Radiator hoses. They sit and then they just get solid as a rock. Yep, they do. And they'll get cracked and dry rotted. And depending on if you're somewhere that's got mice or uh, somebody's built a nest. And mice just absolutely love whatever hasn't moved in a long time. Yeah. We had one just the other day that uh, car hadn't moved in about a year or so and had had some water problems and uh, go to open it up. And it's, it's got a... It's got a five-gallon bucket full of material yeah. that we pulled out of this car. <laughs> that's a lot. I mean, that's... I remember what the biggest mouse nest I've found is. Yeah, that was uh, the five-gallon bucket full of it, and that's, that's pretty a, fluffy. Yeah, that's that's pretty fluffy, pretty so it's not... active animal. That's pretty, yeah, and they weren't there anymore, but that's... Uh, he, he had some time. It wasn't like he had anything else to do, so... All right, <laughs> we're going to head over to Bob, 99 Honda Accord. Bob, what's going on? Have we, have we fixed I this? Yeah, you, buddy Bob. we got this fixed I'm yet? Buddy, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> 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 on, on my son-in-law's Accord. Yeah. Uh, the battery, battery went dead, so I charged it up, and then when I went to put it back in, when I hooked up the negative cable, then the alarm system keeps on going off. <sighs> Any way to disconnect that? <laughs> uh, find the horn and disconnect it there. Oh. Uh, I can't. Is that, is that well, a, it's got to be an aftermarket the car system. Go place anyway, so well, yeah. Is that an aftermarket system? I don't think the regular horn should be going off. Is it the regular horn? Yeah. Huh. Well, I mean, you know, the lights are blinking, the horns blaring, and yeah. Do, do you have a key fob? If if you take it and put the key in the ignition and try to turn it and try to start it, does it go away? It does. No. Okay. Well, then the other thing uh, is you lock and unlock the door. Does, does that make it yep. go away? Nope. No. Could it, could it be that uh, the key? I I'm sure he's got another key for it. Well, okay. So are we using a metal key or are we using the O two ninety nine? So we're right in that area. It could be either one. Uh, could be. Is it got a metal key it's or is it got a? a Black key. A metal key. Okay, a metal key. Have you always used a metal key? Yeah. Okay. 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 It's right in that era where one could be one and one could be the other. So, oh. uh, well, that all kind of goes through the through the body control module or the PCM for the for the security system. D- does it start and run? Yeah. Interesting, Bob. Well, that's that's a good one. I guess we'd have to sit down and figure <laughs> out and, and get a wiring diagram out and figure what that is and why. Um, so I guess what what do we do in the in, uh, meantime? I guess take both battery cables off, 
touch them together maybe for two, three minutes and then stick it back on and see if that resets something for you. Um, Computer control-wise, that'd be the first thing I would do. Um, I guess the first thing I would do is is, uh, unplug the horn so the neighbors aren't... uh, Yeah, you don't want to hear that. Well... So it doesn't disappear in the middle of the night because somebody's towed it away for you. Um, and then that's probably the second thing that I would do is uh, try to reset it uh, a little bit through a hard reset, We is that's what we call. And then the next step right. is to get a wiring diagram out, figure out where that stuff goes to, and it's going to go back to a module. It's going to go back to a PCM. It's going to go something's telling it to that it's got a problem. you know. And maybe, the, maybe there's an under-hood sensor. Uh, the, the the hood sensor is causing a problem. Maybe it's a door sensor. Something thinks it's open and it thinks it's trying to be stolen, and that's why it's completely going off all the time. Uh huh. And oh, okay, I'll catch it a few times and uh... <laughs> we'll see what happens. All right, Bob. Yeah. Know. Thanks, guys. You bet. Probably something weird with that car. Well, I had a few cars like that. <laughs> All right, Kyle, it sounds like the end of the show. I tell you what. So 558-1110 is the numbers to get into us next week. And uh, so we can be first in line and get your problem happen and fixed. Get you first in line at the parts store. I'm Bob. Kyle. We'll see you next week.